0: Well, hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to Business Casual, our weekly podcast featuring my co-hosts, Caroline Diarkey edwards and Maria Wickvilla. And Maria is, of course, the founder of Applicant Lab, and Caroline is the co-founder of Fortuna Admissions and the former director of admissions at NCOD. And I want to talk a little bit about something that annoys the heck out of me. And, you know, forever since I've been covering the graduate business education, and this goes back to 1988, it is without fail that someone, often a well-known executive entrepreneur or celebrity, will basically diminish the value of the MBA degree and diss it. And, you know, the latest guy on the map who is on some sort of weird campaign to do this is one of America's most admired entrepreneurs, Elon Musk. And he recently did an interview with a guy named Sandy Monroe. I do not know who Sandy is. Sandy apparently is some guy he brought in to tour the Tesla plant. And they're in a conference room. And he's talking to Elon. And he put this out on YouTube. And he calls it Why Elon Musk Hates mbas now the first voice you're going to hear is of the interviewer who's basically quoting elon and then you'll hear him you got to listen to this because it's just insane if you uh if you want to if you want
1: to get your master's i'll pay for it if you want to take a course in um mechanics or something i'll pay for it if you even if you want to take a wood carving thing i'll pay for it but i will not pay for an mba i won't do it ever never so you made a comment and uh i um I started tap dancing because, uh, people listen to you. I don't get the same <laughs> kind of respect, but people listen to you. And I really, really was excited. Uh, when you, when you talk about, uh, about that. Uh,
2: so if you can elaborate on that a little bit, that, that'd be great.
3: Yeah. I think just generally the, the, the path to leadership should not be, uh, through, um, you know, basically MBA business school situation. It's, it's like, it should be kind of work your way up, do useful things. And, um, you know, and, and there's, there's a bit too much of the, somebody goes to a high profile MBA school and then kind of parachutes in as the as the leader, but they don't actually know how things work. Um, they, that, you know, they can be good at say PowerPoint presentations or something like that. Um, and they can present well, but they don't actually know how things work because they do not um, you know, they don't, they don't they, 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 they didn't they, they like parachute in instead of like working the way out yeah, yeah they, so didn't, just, they
0: never went through a, an apprenticeship for yeah like this, a better
3: word. Yeah. yeah there's so they're they're, they're kind of like just not aware of what, what's really needed for uh, you know to make to make great products um, so I mean I don't want to trash MBAs too much here and I, I actually do have a dual undergrad a Wharton undergrad and physics um, at UPenn. so um, you know, so I have like you know it's, it's, I have direct exposure to to uh, um you know to business school and I went you know to do undergrad business school with with physics but um and, and I was a t- teaching assistant for two semesters and I graded mbas and uh, undergrads um so uh, but I, I think it's just a little bit too much like like people look at mba school as like I, I want to parachute into being the boss instead of earning it and like I don't think that's that's good. No. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, I don't know how many MBAs today really expect to parachute into a business and be a boss immediately. I haven't met any of them. Caroline, have you met him?
2: What strikes me, John, listening to that tape is that um, actually he sounds quite embarrassed by what he's saying. I think, you know, he, he must realize how undermining it is to say that when he has so many MBAs on his team and, you know, critical to to the success of his business. So, no, I, I mean, of course, there are there are MBAs out there who are arrogant or who are too full of themselves, as there are plenty of people like that who don't have MBAs. So, you know, you can always find someone to shoot down, but I don't think, you know, it's a general trait of people who've been to business school that they expect everything to be given to them on a silver platter and don't expect to have anything to learn when they when they take up their post-MBA position.
0: And I should point out that if you did a quick check of LinkedIn profiles, you would find that there are nearly 900 employees at Tesla <laughs> along with MBA degrees. They include the CFO of Tesla, the CIO of Tesla, the head of global business operations, the head of operations in, in Elon Musk's energy business, and more. And yet there he is out there bashing. And I agree with you. He he almost feels a little like he's gone too far, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, a way to motivate your staff, right?
0: (laughs) By dissing
2: their background.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, they do good PowerPoints. That's nice.
1: (laughs) I would love for all of the MBAs on the Tesla staff to just be like, from now on, all we do is PowerPoints. (laughs) Like you wanted, I'm sorry, you wanted that analysis on how to hedge your currencies and other, nope, sorry, I'm only creating PowerPoints, sorry.
0: (laughs) And the media loves this stuff, you know, it's because uh, the MBA is the most popular graduate degree in America, more people get it in any given year than any other graduate degree, and if something is that successful, you know, a contrarian point of view is news of one kind or another. And so these naysayers, whether it's Elon Musk or whoever it is in any given day, Sheryl Sandberg, believe it or not, the Harvard MBA, whose COO of Facebook has also said some less than positive things about the MBAs, it's going to get news. It's going get, to get attention. Why? But why? Why do you think there is this I don't know this thirst almost to attack a degree that has helped a lot of people change their lives and has had a lot of positive good maria what what do you think it is? Is it jealousy?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's if it's jealousy, but I definitely think, like you said it's it's people always want to bring down whoever or whatever it is who's at the top right now. Right. Like if if we were talking about a far less popular degree, like, say, a master's in accountancy, like you don't really see a lot of headlines being made about like somebody said that a master's in accountancy is a waste of time. Right. It's not really going to generate the same interest. But since so many people get MBAs and since it is such a you know and society in general loves to malign the mba right sort of think of the stereotype of the wall street baron coming in and kicking the little old lady out of her home or you know that sort of that sort of sharp elbowed capitalist right so it's 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 fun to to hate mbas in general and i think silicon valley in particular there i mean look there is a lot to be said for learning by doing right? You can study entrepreneurship all day long. You can even do a little, you know, field project where maybe you try to set up a company. You spend three months trying to set up a company while you're in school. It's nothing compared to the real thing. And you're going to learn a lot from actually doing it. So I think that that's where a lot of that, that anti-MBA sentiment comes from in Silicon Valley. But there's no doubt, as we've said many times here before, there's no doubt that the fundamental education that you get is going to be valuable. And, and as Caroline, you know, as, as both of you pointed out, like it, it sounds like he starts off saying it to try to generate that buzz. And because if he said, I think overall, the MBA is pretty good training, although there are some of them who are jerks, that would none of us would be talking about it right
0: Absolutely now. Absolutely
1: not. Right. Exactly. So by saying, oh, I hate MBAs. And then even he had to admit, like, well, actually, I mean, I did do a dual degree. If he thought that the business education were not valuable. You know, I I I looked it up just to be sure. You apply for the dual degree at the end of your freshman year at Penn, and then you spend the next three years do it. And so if he if he hated if he thought oh, formal business education is a huge waste of time, he would have never applied to get into the Wharton undergrad program, and he certainly wouldn't have seen it through to completion. Um, and so I feel like it's it's easy to say like, well, I don't need an MBA. Well, because you already got equ- equivalently or you know significant amount of the same education as an undergrad, as an MBA. For who didn't study business as an undergrad would get in their MBA program. So I think it's easy True. to sort of say like, oh, it's it's terrible. But boy, oh, boy, I bet he has certainly leaned upon some of that education that he got throughout his career, perhaps even subconsciously. But it's somewhere there in his brain. And I'm sure it has helped him in a way that had he only majored in physics, perhaps he would not have made some of the business choices he made.
0: Yeah, that's really true. And I bet you he can put together a good PowerPoint presentation because he's certainly gotten a lot of investment money over the years from investors. And you can't get money from investors unless you put together a really good PowerPoint. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Well, shame on you, Elon Musk. That's all I have to say. And my God, I am amazed that you are not more articulate than you are. As brilliant as you are, as successful as you are, I would have thought you'd be far more articulate, wouldn't you? <laughs>
2: well, I think he felt very sheepish about what he was saying.
0: I was part so of the too. issue. He all wasn't right. too
2: bad on Saturday Night Live, though. I don't
1: know if you guys saw him.
0: No, I didn't. Uh-uh. He was
1: he he did okay. So we can laugh at him both for this, and then we can also laugh at him for SNL.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Hey, now is the time when I am seeing on social media all over the place, people who are reporting their great news of being admitted to this school or that school and graciously thanking people who've supported them and encouraged them along the way, whether it be friends and family members and even employers who who helped in their professional development. We we did a little piece on this last week on a number of applicants who went to LinkedIn to thank publicly their employers for the opportunities they were given to, to grow professionally that contributed to their acceptance at uh, really good schools. And there's a meme circulating these days out there from someone uh, anonymous, but What's kind of cool about this is the person was rejected by Stanford and they include the rejection letter in the meme. And then 20 days later uh, later was accepted by Harvard Business School and also include their acceptance letter. So you can see in this meme not only how Stanford gently rejects a candidate, but also how Harvard uh, embraces one. You know, the first line of the Harvard acceptance is the answer is yes, exclamation point with yes, all in uppercase. Stanford simply says, unfortunately, we are unable to offer you admission. (laughs) But even Stanford is very gentle about it. You know, uh, they actually thank uh, the rejected applicant for the privilege of reading His application. And then next to the letter of rejection and next to the letter of acceptance are photographs from a soccer match. And in one picture, you see really the agony of defeat right next to the Stanford rejection letter. And then you see the thrill of victory photograph in the right adjacent to the Harvard Business School acceptance. And I wonder for the two of you who, after all, take this journey with so many people over the years who get rejected, who get accepted. Uh, and I imagine that both of you vicariously experience both defeat and victory at times. And I wonder if you could tell us a few stories about, you know, um, the thrill of being accepted and the agony of rejection. Maria?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the best part of the job, I think, really, is when you when you have that those diamonds in the rough that you help, you know, people who have just incredible stories. But when they first come to you, they're not really sure how to tell that story in an effective way, or they're focusing on the wrong aspect of the story. And you sort of guide them and say, like, "No, you know, I don't really care how good you are at defragmenting databases, but I'm really interested in the fact that you grew up in a in a refugee camp. Uh, let's talk about that instead." And so you you do get to meet some really incredible incredible young people through this job. And so when when we help them focus that story and tell it in a way that resonates with an admissions office and the answer is yes it's the best feeling in in the world it's it's really exciting and it's funny cuz in general i i tend to you know dinner time conversation and even more so this past year since we're all we were all been stuck at we've all been stuck at home I will tend to be like, oh yeah, the the so-and-so, you know, I'll I'll have shorthand for for candidates that I work with that I particularly like. And so, you know, my son will be like, oh, so what happened to that that person <laughs> from South Africa who was whatever? And I'm like, oh, she she got in, or or whatever it might be. And so it's it really is it's fantastic. Um and of course it's also equally devastating when you meet someone and it's just, I mean, at a certain point it comes down to luck. At a certain point, it comes down to numbers and the fact that there it is impossible for a business school to have infinite number of seats. And so when someone that you've cheered on through the process does not get that good news, of course it's it's really devastating. I think it's a little less devastating for us, not just because it's well, because you're like, well, Maria, it's not happening to you, but I think also because I I think that you know, now having been a graduate for over a decade, over 15 years, you, you do realize like, okay, it's not, it seems like the sort of monumental life-changing moment, but it's also not the be all and end all of the rest of your life. I I never thought it was, but I can see why younger people would think that. And so, especially now that you're on the other side of it, you're like, okay, like you're going to be fine. (laughs) Like, I know it stings, take a weekend, watch movies, eat Ben and Jerry's, drink some <laughs> wine, like, you know what I mean? Like grieve, grieve the bad news, but also realize that in many ways, this is, you're, you're going to end up okay. You're going to have a great life. There's all you can always reapply by the way. I've had many people who the first time the answer is no. And the second time the answer is yes. So, but yeah, definitely it packs a punch either way.
0: Yeah, totally. Caroline.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I, and that's one thing, as Maria said, that I really love about the work that we do, because when I was at INSEAD, you know, dealing with so many candidates and actually very rarely meeting them in person, you know, we would call people and give them the decision and it's, it's wonderful to be able to pass on that news, but it doesn't have the same impact as when you really know that person um, as an individual and you've been with them on the journey. So that's something that I really love about what we do is, you know, often we work with people over several months, even sometimes years, right? And and you get to know people really well during that process and it is it is an uh, often an emotional roller coaster so it's hugely rewarding when when you know when they do achieve what they've set out to achieve and it's a great honor I think for us to be to be part of that journey so so that's something that you know it always gives me goosebumps when when our clients get in and, and you know they, they achieve that and and I, I guess the ones that really stick in my memory you know it's sometimes the candidates who've just really been up against the odds right so it may it can be candidates who coming from emerging markets and you know they've come from a very humble background and they've managed to you know they've studied super hard to get into a great school for the undergrad and they've you know had to just put everything into getting to where they are and then to get into a top international MBA program. You know, for someone who's coming from India or from from Latin America or you know, a, a lot of the emerging markets to have that opportunity to go go to world class business school and get that platform that you know will just be a tremendous springboard for them to open up doors that would otherwise have been closed and and, and um, just it, it's completely life changing for them and for their families right because often sure. they're supporting a whole network of people back at home. So Um, that's, that's really tremendous. And, and we had a client recently who had come from a very, very in in the U S but very, very difficult family background. And, you know, there's hardship all over the world. Right. And he had basically as a child raised himself because he had no responsible adult in his life. And, you know, he managed to get himself into a decent university, but not, you know, a tier one undergrad program. But then, you know, worked his way up and managed to get into get into a good job in finance, and is now heading off to Columbia to do for business school. And you know, it's so rewarding to see people like that who I have such admiration for, given the background that they have. Um, you know, the, the different paths they could have taken in life, right? And how how much you know how the the dedication it requires to. To pull yourself up and and make those kind of things happen if you haven't had the privilege of you know a, a supportive family um, investment in your education from an early age you know I have a huge admiration for, for people like that and and so you know it it it's wonderful to see them you know making those successes happen
0: yeah, I, you know I love these stories of people who who make it despite all the odds that you would think are against them. And we just ran today, in fact, and you can go online and see this story. And I encourage you to read it because to me, it's an incredible, inspiring tale of an applicant who basically, you know, went for the stars and collected them all. He was accepted at Harvard, Stanford, Columbia, Berkeley, Wharton, Yale, And he he is going to Harvard in the class of 2023 in the fall. But more than his success is his story. When he was five years old, his mother left the house and was murdered, shot 16 times on a Miami street. He was essentially orphaned and then the subject of a custody battle. Even worse, he was called to testify as a character witness in the trial of his mother's killer. But through it all, instilled by his grandmother was one key lesson it was that school matters and this young man went off he got an undergraduate degree in accounting from the university of florida he got a master's in accounting from the university of southern california he worked for two major global consulting firms and now lo and behold he's been given admission to six of the most elite business schools in the world and you know you you read this and you say oh my god How was he able to be so resilient? How was he able to keep positive uh, through all of that? So, you know, it's a beautiful story and uh, it puts a real smile on my face. And I'm sure the two of you probably have similar stories and have been involved in in, in people who, you know, have been dealt some bad cards in their life, but they've made the best of them, like the one you just mentioned to Caroline who got into Columbia. It's, It's really remarkable. And those stories... Should inspire everyone out there because we know this is a grind to get into a really good school and it takes a tremendous amount of effort. But boy, is it a wonderful, uh, sort of reaffirmation of all the hard work that uh, people have put in to actually make it. It's really amazing. You got to read the story. It's called Harvard Stanford Award and All Say Yes to This Inspiring Applicant. I think the headline undersells the story, to be honest.
2: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is amazing. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Elon Musk, cut this stuff out, man. You know, grow up. Uh, don't s- stop hating on the NBA, will you? This is John Byrne with Poets and You've been listening to Business Casual.